Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. I am your host, Chris Buick, and I'm joined this week by Ian. How are you, Ian? Um, well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. And also, Robert. How are you, Robert? Oh, I'm good. Good. You both had a good week? Yeah, not bad. Um, busy, busy, busy as always, but doing well, yeah. Good, good stuff. So um, this week we are keeping on with the animation theme following last week's uh, epic DreamWorks episode featuring both of you and, of course, uh, Brian. And we are going to be talking about all things Pixar, including our favourites, our not-so-favourites and everything in between. Uh, and who knows, maybe we'll come across a film that causes as much of a start as Shark Hill did last week. <laughs> the greatest film of all time, according to Brian. The greatest film of all time. Shout out to Brian. Um <laughs> So uh, let's start by discussing our feelings, I guess, on Pixar in general. How do we feel about Pixar as a studio? And also, I guess, what are our earliest memories of Pixar and how have, how have our thoughts of Pixar evolved over the years? Um, Robert, do you want to go first? Can you your top of my list? Yeah, so, uh, so I would say uh, when I was a kid, I saw pretty much all of them. Um, there, 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 there wasn't a single one that I missed. And um, I kind of have very good memories of almost all of them, apart from like one or two. Uh, I, I, would, I would say the only ones I didn't really gravitate towards when I was a kid and that I was aware I didn't really gravitate towards was uh, Monsters, Inc., A Bug's Life and Cars. Um, okay. I'm surprised that I didn't gravitate towards Monsters, Inc. for reasons that I'll specify later on. But um, A Bug's Life and Cars, I'm kind of like... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I. 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 just. I just didn't get into them. But um. Yeah. So I. You know. And, and I started out really loving Pixar. But um. But I. But I have to say, my opinion on them has kind of dimmed quite a lot. Um. Okay. And that's not necessarily because, like, you know, they're currently putting out bad films. 
But I think it's just because like they they just have not been able to like consistently capture the glory days of when they first started, where they would have great film after great film. Um, and maybe that's just a heavily heavily nostalgic uh, nostalgic memory of them speaking. But what like when they started out, it was like great movie, great movie, great movie, great movie. But you know, like as it's now become in the 2010s it's been a, a lot more inconsistent i would say yeah i, I that's interesting to say that i i'm inclined to almost agree with you in terms of uh the the earlier pixar films where basically i think for me as well as you said a home run after home run after home run and now the record i think you're right has become a bit more spotty um ian mm-hmm. what do you think are you on the same page or are you uh do you have a different opinion no, I, to be honest, I think, you know, with Pixar, I think they're very highly regarded in terms of their output from their early uh, years. And I think very similar to what you're both saying, I think there's a lot of, I hate to use the, the that they've had like uh, a slide on some of their more recent films. I think there some films have been held up very highly because of their older uh, output. Uh, and I think they do that particularly, I see it a lot with their advertising. In fact, I think they advertise their films with, oh, from the studio that brought you X, Y, and Z to make you remember that they did make this quality of film back in the day. Yeah. Um, but they've now waned on that. Mar- I, I would say they have a string up until Cars where they had like hit after hit, in my opinion. And then Cars is a kind of a point where it slips in my mind and they become a bit more patchy because you have two films after that, which I really enjoy and then it like becomes patchy from that point forward um i remember seeing like my earliest memory of if we're talking early memories is um toy story 2 and i remember seeing that in the cinema like i don't know like with my dad i saw it maybe like three times four times because i loved it so much as a kid and i think it is a really really great film and i remember watching my personal favorite pixar film which i you know to give spoilers for the <laughs> for the further podcast but um my favorite film as a kid the incredibles um i watched over and over and over again so i think I you know yeah. P- P- pixar have like a fantastic catalog from their like um earlier period um but i find that particularly agreeing with rob and yourself i think that there's a lot of films that they've had recently which have been more misses than hits and perhaps maybe not the worst films out there, but perhaps films that I've been harsher on because of the quality of the films they had out when they were in their earlier periods. Yeah. So I, I, I personally wouldn't necessarily characterize them as like misses. I mean, I mean, well, well, there are some that you could like, uh, like objectively characterize as like misses for, you know, like, like cars free. That's a big miss. Well, 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 <laughs> well, uh, no, no, no. I, I think most people would, would bring up cars too. Um, mm. and the good dinosaur as well, you know, mm-hmm. on like a box office level and also on a quality level. But mm-hmm. I think I, I, I don't know, for me, I think it's less that and more that like, you know, that a lot of their films went from being mostly great or really good mm-hmm. to kind of, um, to either either genuinely great in a couple of instances or kind of kind of just good enough you know like that's and i think that's that's the thing that i've noticed recently is that and it's weirdly a problem that i've noticed with a lot of animated films where i feel like there are some people involved who really want to make a great film 
but other people who kind of just phone it in and don't really and kind of say like you know it doesn't really matter what we do because i'm not really talking about the animators talking about the writers more where like there's half of the writers who are like oh i want to make a really great film and the other half who are just sort of like i'm just gonna do what i want and i know that it will be successful anyway and i know that people will like it anyway so which kind of leads to then some like storytelling problems and this overall feeling of like you know like you could have made a great film but instead you just sort of chose to like do the bare minimum um but what's interesting so so to bring it to more the start of pixar's history i know which i i think is 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 that true to our structure yes 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 because like because the thing is is that a lot of pixar's earlier films and, and 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 their later ones as well a lot of them did have production problems like a lot of them were made like like got released purely through the skin of their teeth you know yeah. especially like toy story 3 uh, toy story 2 which i think if i remember correctly i think like the animation files for that film got deleted did, yeah. and they had to redo the animation again so many of them like have been made under like tremendous pressure and yet they tu- they've turned out great um so it's not necessarily that like certain people involved in them don't care to make great films it's more just that i feel like that show that kind of shows quite a lot in the writing of a lot of the recent ones yeah but anyway yeah. But, 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 go, but go ahead chris yeah I, I i think i agree with you i think in recent terms there there's definitely uh an uh, uh an air of ticking certain boxes that you'd expect from a pixar film and i think that they're doing that but they're not pushing for me these films are, are they're good and they're enjoyable and pixar still deliver a certain level of quality but i don't know if they're pushing the envelope as much as they did in the early years so mm-hmm. i think let's 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 talk about those early years then which we're we're dubbing for this this the purposes of this podcast the golden years we're looking at the years 1995 all the way up to 2010 so you've got toy story bugs life toy story 2 monsters inc finding nemo the incredibles cars ratatouille wally up and toy story 3 now for me that's quite an impressive stretch of films Mm -hmm. um, apart from cars perhaps but there's a lot to admire here what are you guys standouts what do you think about this time period and, and what do you think are maybe the weakest films of this list if any ian sorry <laughs> sorry i need to specify myself again it's cool um yeah as i was saying before i think um the highlight for me and the highest one probably of all of pixar's films is uh, the incredibles which um i think it's probably the best fantastic four film that's ever been made um yeah, a it, lot of people say that yeah 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 um i think it's i think it's brad bird who i particularly like as a as a director i think he's made one of my favorite animation films of all time which is iron giant which i think is amazing and i think he really brought something in that 10 that span that we've got there from 1995 to uh, 2010 he, he brought something that i think from what i understand from pixar's creation they had like certain set films that they had come up with in this tapestry and Incredibles feels like one that Brad Bird really just ran with and came up with this really unique idea and they all just went that's great let's just run with it 
and it totally works. It's an outstanding film. And I, I do, I think the animation, it doesn't hold us as much as it, it, it as some of its counterparts in that period. I think the probably one of the best looking ones of that period is Finding Nemo, which I think is oh, like stunning I, as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, I love that film as well. I think there is so many in that list that it's it's actually easier to point out the ones you don't like because there's so many that are great in that list. But if there's one that I'm like, that's fantastic and I love and I probably would give like it's hard for me to give 10 out of 10s on films but it's certainly up there i think that film is just fantastic and it stands out above that sort of like thing that you'll hear a lot with i think perhaps some of their more later films where it's like oh it's really good for a kid's film i think it's just an outstanding film i think it's just a film that stands on its own quality and its own merits um in terms of ones that are less, I think we've already mentioned Cars. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. one that I, I'm like, oh, God, we, we'll tear into Cars. I think it, Cars is a, a film, and I think with going into its latter period, which I'm sure we'll talk about, I think there's a lot of them which became to do with merchandising and selling off merchandise, absolutely. and Cars yeah, is absolutely. just case and point of that sort of thing. But it's as you said, it, it's a really good catalogue. You know, there is a controversial one in there that I know people will be like, what? You didn't enjoy that? But we'll, I won't say it yet. I'll, I'll get everybody else's opinions of them and then I'll, uh, I'll throw in my controversial one. OK, the intrigue has been set. But we'll come back. Robert, what do you think? Yeah, so so for me, uh, I would kind of say, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's like all of them uh, I watched a lot as a kid. Well, almost all of them. Um I, I, I guess maybe if I had to like pick a specific like hmm I, I don't know so well alright I can pick like individual ones that I think like I, I that I would deem to be like uh, uh, uh the biggest like accomplishments like I would talk I I, I would say Wally is probably like out of all the ones of the two thousands the one that took the most risks yeah um yeah in being uh like not like not only mostly following a fairly a fairly like non-verbal character but also like for a lot of the film but also kind of just very clearly delivering this whole like mess this environmental message about you know like consumerism and you know like letting the earth go to waste and letting the earth be destroyed and stuff and it kind of like and in some respects, it was probably the de- de- the definitive example of that for kids, you know, like yeah, yeah. Gi- giving kids that message, giving the give it, gi- like giving it in a way that doesn't necessarily like talk down to them in a way that is more like, oh, this is part of the story, and this is kind of um, something that we can like explore while still giving you an adventure and an endearing character. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think that, I think that really works. I think the love story, the, 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 the central love story is really heartfelt and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's unique because again, it's between two characters that can't really talk. So it's just, it's definitely a triumph of like animation. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I, I don't know. I would probably say, I would say Incredibles. Yeah. It's very much up there. It's a, it's a great film. It's a great, it's a great, I, I would say it's a great like character piece as well. That's, that, that's what a lot of like, that's what certain early Pixar films really have as a consistent sh- strength is that they have great um, main characters that go on these very interesting, very like complex arcs and evolutions. Yeah. And it's enough to where you almost don't notice the formula that you, they're using as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. Like everything feels different, but you when you actually think about it, you kind of realize like, 
oh yeah, most of them are an adventure between either two people or three people, you know, but like, but at the same time, you can dismiss that because they feel different. Um, I mean, I mean, for me, in terms of that early period, I think it was, it, yeah, yeah, Wooly was great, but I think Up is probably their most emotional film. Uh, it's a film that makes oh, me yeah. cry whenever I, like, like whenever I watch certain bits from it, I still get emotional, even though I mm-hmm. haven't even seen it in a long time. Um, you know, and it's kind of, and that one, again, was very, very risky, but for me, it was one where, like, the risks really, really paid off. Yeah, absolutely. I think you. I think you're right. And going back to Wally for first of all, uh, Wally for me is and spoiler as well, my favorite of all Pixar's canon. Essentially, mm-hmm. I think you. And for all the reasons you just stated there, uh, very, very surely, uh, you know, it, it, it took risks. The opening, I, I don't know, half an hour, forty minutes. There is, there's no dialogue. You're just following this tiny robot around this desolate it's and it's it's not it's not a pretty looking landscape that you've seen in the likes of you know finding nemo and those kind of things it's uh it's it's quite a hard-hitting film but and obviously all those environmental messages it has there you're right it doesn't do it in a way that is patronizing or talks down to its audience but it also doesn't do it in a way that is constantly shoving it down your throat in in an off-putting way either it's telling its message and its story at the in in such a nice balance that for me Wally is Wally's my favorite I was just blown away the first time I saw it you're absolutely right about Up as well Up is probably one of the more most emotional ones especially the opening 10-15 minutes of it is yeah well I actually I mean I, everybody brings that up but, I, but for me personally I think the stuff at the end is much is actually much more powerful yeah but that's it's also but in some ways it's more powerful because you have the establishment of the beginning you know so yeah, but but even just as a standalone bit, the, the the bit where he's looking at that book just destroys me every time I watch it. Yeah, no, you you absolutely it's a, it's an emotional film for it. Um, for me personally, when I first saw it, I think maybe I did gravitate towards more the ending, but um, and not to get into too much personal detail, but now as a as a, as a married man watching the first ten minutes of Up is mm-hmm. it hits me on a different note, and I guess that's something that Pixar does when you revisit a film of theirs after years, it can hit you in different ways at different ages and i think up can do that for everyone mm-hmm. and i think they all do that um yeah i definitely. don't know what you guys think about that but... well i i think similarly to yourself like growing up and changing perspectives a film that in this early period that when it came out i just didn't care for that much but now like care for quite a lot is ratatouille when i was a kid i just i didn't it didn't really click for me as much as say monsters inc did because like monsters inc as a child it was like oh it's you know some great characters and like it's really fun and colorful and vibrant and i still love monsters inc i think that's great and i've appreciated it more growing up because you get perhaps per the more adult themes in it but ratatouille like massively like as a kid i just didn't really care about that film at all whereas now looking back on it and watching it again it I think it may be actually one of their best ones in my opinion because it, it deals with like some really interesting like um issues of growth and like change and like accepting change and who you are really and like the food critics story is like incredibly interesting and mm. all of the characters are in it are very compelling and it's again Brad Bird who again I really love uh, but it, it's it, it just is like one that has grown on me much like you were saying I think you come back to these early ones that they had in this golden years as it were and I think there's more that you can see in them and there's a lot of quality that you perhaps missed at a young age that you were like 
oh man, that's actually really, really well put together and has a lot of adult themes that just kind of went over your head a bit. You know, and Toy Story obviously has the more uh, obvious ones with like parenthood and like being an, a, a parent to a child and that, what that means. Um, but I think all of them have that, you know, up as we talked about Wally, as you've mentioned as well. But all of them have just such a very adult themes that make them stand out. Yeah, I okay. agree. Robert, how do you feel about you know, watching Pixar films now as opposed to the, or revisiting them now? Do you get something different every time you watch Ooh. the film? Well, um, so I would say like for like, like the, the, so, so the main ones that i did revisit were like the toy story films um and i actually had like a kind of a different viewpoint on them once i got the themes of the stories a lot more right. um as i was a kid like when i was a kid i remember being like very like struck by the emotional scenes but not really knowing how to take them i, I think mm-hmm. particularly in like number two but i think that when i when I revisited them, I sort of, I understood it and I understood what they were conveying and I understood how that entire, um, and, and, you know, so I, I was watching it like on the, like on the day that I was going to go and see the fourth one. So this was kind of before I had the fourth one in mind, but this was a bit like before I knew what the fourth one was going to be, but I watched it and I kind of got how that entire like, um, series of films was all about the, the, um, uh what is it? Oh, oh yeah oh yeah the the uh the the, the purpose of change you know yeah like the purpose of like moving on and the purpose of like you know like changing your life even if you don't necessarily want 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 that to be the case you know and i think that watching all three of them back to back and actually analyzing them that kind of that theme became a lot more effective and i was also able to chart like woody's growth as a character a lot more yeah where beforehand i hadn't really noticed it but i actually saw that throughout all of them and then into the fourth one he has like a very consistent strong character arc yeah i, I agree i think uh, i think you're right you once you take those three films as a as a whole you can really see the progression over those three films to from start to finish i think it's 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 harder to see that when you're looking at films that are spaced apart by in some cases i'm looking here by a decade or more but when you've put it all together you see that it really there was this whole thing going on throughout and i think you're right i think that really works um do you do you want to hear my controversial opinion now? i was just about to ask <laughs> oh, you yeah, yeah. go on uh i'm not i love toy story one and two and i think four is very good but i think three is just toy story two and it's carbon copied they have incredibly mm. similar plot points they have incredibly similar set pieces and they have incredibly similar characters throughout all of it and i feel that film more than the fourth one feels like one of the moving into that what we were talking about before of them perhaps making not misses per se but films that i'm like i don't think this is actually a progression of this story this is a, just a very similar this is a very similar film to the second one and I felt that one, not to say they were just wanting the merchandise, because I don't think that's what Pixar are about, barring cars, but the, I think <laughs> the, and possibly Monsters University, but uh, the, I think with, uh, and Incredibles too, but uh, with the, with Toy Story 3, it is just Toy Story 2. You have so much that's incredibly similar. You have a villain slash not villain character early on who in fact has a walking stick as well who turns up to be this very warm 
person who invites them to a place where they can get repaired all the time and they're cared for in a unique setting where they're valued whereas they felt not valued before and we have a scene in which we have them not feeling valued even the beginning of the film starts incredibly similar where we have an action set piece that turns out to be a a kid's imagination um moving like making it bigger than it is um and then that person moving back into it we also have scenes where you have a toy left by their previous owner feeling heartened like disheartened and broken and we have that as a flashback as a memory we have a buzz Lightyear who's a factory setting one as that's in both of them as well that film for me is incredibly like repetitive and if we're talking about as you mentioned before rob with the um the the pixar formula i think that film for me anyway is where that pixar formula is like really in your face because i was like this is just exactly like the second one and if you like it that's fair that's completely well i don't fair. think it's like uh, well well complete sorry sorry okay. well, that's fine you, it's I, that's cool you go ahead I, I'm, well, right. my, yeah. well, my it's, it's done <laughs> no i think I, I i think it's kind of shallow to say that it's the same film i think i mean I, so all of the elements okay. that you point out are true are, are definitely true you know i can i i i, I can definitely see the comparison but to say that it is just the same film is kind of i i, don't, I think it's do I, I think that kind of does a bit of a disservice to what that film is compared to what the second one is because i would say because i would say that that one um obviously was intended as like a trilogy capper at the time but even though it's not a trilogy capper anymore i still feel like that film does complete the story in a way that the second one didn't um and yeah you are right that there are similar elements to it but even then it's like i can't i you know i don't like i don't think that the two main villains are just the same character i feel like there's enough different with them and um i think the one that i do most agree on is maybe upon like the kind of um similar story trope of like the of a new setting that seems fine but then all of a sudden they want to go out of it and then but even then it's like i i still feel like there's enough different stuff done with that stuff done with that element to where i'm not really just like Oh, it's just a carbon copy, you know? I, well, I, I don't know. I just what yeah. I was going to say before you jumped in was that I don't think it necessarily makes this a bad film. I don't think it's I, bad. I know, yeah. I but it, it, I think it does hit the same beats and plot points as the second one. Like even where you have the villain ending up in a place which has them devalued, you have, um, you know, oh, I've forgotten his name. Ah. Oh. Well, the, you have uh, the bear ending up on top of the the well, in front so, of yeah. the car, yeah, and then you also have the um, oh god, my memory is terrible today. I think he Yeah, he ends up with a child who won't take care of him or won't care for him the way he wants to be. They both end up in a similar place as well. Their ending is the same, and yeah, I not agree. I would agree I, on that. I, I, I'm not. I don't think it's fair to say it's shallow that they have the same beats because they do. I think I think Toy Story Four does far more to like change the formula and actually really ends that story well. Like Toy Story Four for me, like I wasn't expecting much from it because I didn't get much from Toy Story Three. I enjoyed it and it's a fun film, but it didn't like Toy Story One and Two have like massive emotional beats that I was like, man, this is really well done. Like when Jesse's left out and has that moment with beautiful music like that that scene oh man that scene is but then that bit with lots of the bear 
is, is almost exactly the same where they f- see themselves replaced and they don't care. Um, it didn't have the same emotional weight, whereas Toy Story 4, because it changed a lot, and the the end of Toy Story 4, man, I'm getting emotional now, like <laughs> thinking about it. Toy Story 4 end is just has this real huge punch for me that made it go like, man, this has really changed what they were doing and it felt like far more like a a final close of the book of that story and particularly with uh, Lassiter basing the idea of this on his relationship with his kids and his like relationship as a father and as a parent I think Toy Story 3 didn't barring the I mean the bit that I remember distinctly when they're about to all be killed um, barring that emotional like climactic bit and him giving away the toys I felt Toy Story 4 had this real more like except as you mentioned before that idea of change and accepting change and moving on because Toy Story 3 they're all still together they're still as with a smaller kid it's now back to like a restart button whereas Toy Story 4 felt far more like this is an end this is where we're finishing our story. I knew it was controversial. I knew it was controversial, but I, I, it's Toy Story 3 for me just doesn't hit as hard or as highly as, say, Toy Story 2 or 1 or even 4, which I'm sure we'll get to more. But uh, Toy Story well, 4... Well, I, I, I agreed with what you said, everything that you said about 4. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but I think we found our Shark Tale movie, which uh, I didn't think would be Toy Story 3, but there we are. Um but I, I I feel like Toy Story Three for me I have to side with Robert I think is actually I, I to say to say it's a retread of two I think yes you're right there are some some similar story points um, that 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 that's for sure but I think for for me Three ends a trilogy in almost a very a very a very good way for me and I got a lot of um, a lot of closure and a lot of um, joy at how it, how it ended i'm i'm going to be controversial and uh opposing here and say that i didn't enjoy toy story 4 um yeah, fair enough i mean I, I for me i because i got such an ending and you know a sense of closure mm-hmm. from the third one mm-hmm. for a fourth one to come up um just and i've said i've said this before but mm-hmm. sequels sequels make me wary not necessarily skeptical because i know that you know you can get stuff from sequels and toy story free for me is an example of something that can be explored further and maybe not um surpass the original but for me is nearly on par um obviously difference of opinion but for me toy no, story... I, was just, I, was, I still like toy story free i'm just gonna say like i don't want this to become like ian hates christopher nolan ian hates yeah. toy story <laughs> i i still like toy story free it's just i weirdly like yourself it's kind of the reverse i'm like literally the reverse of them like i enjoy toy story 4 more because i didn't get as much from toy story free yeah that's and that's fair you know for me toy story 4 it, it didn't it just didn't do anything for me personally um and that's just i, I don't know what that says about me um, it does have some emotional moments and it is fun to see the characters again and you know forky's fun you know uh you know when if and when they make a toy story 5 then i'm <laughs> i'm there you know but it's um it, it just wasn't for me um however, that's fair. however i, I um, are there any other films in this period before we move on we want to delve into? Um, for me, for example, Finding Nemo. Yeah, Finding is, Nemo. I, I know I said Wally was my favourite. I think Finding Nemo is a close second. I think, yeah. A, it's gorgeous to, to watch. It's a, it's a great film. I think the story's just right. I think it's paced mm-hmm. just, just right. 
the, the performances are all there. I think for me, that's just one of those films that I could watch over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any other films that stand out for you, either for better or for worse? Uh, we I agree with you with Finding Nemo. Thank you very much. We yeah. uh, we we haven't really spoke about cars. How do we feel about cars? <laughs> we'll move on from cars. <laughs> I, 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 do we feel like cars was... Do we feel like the first car has had any merit? We'll talk about the other two. Well, I mean, so, so, so I'll, I'll say this one thing about cars. Um, I, did, I, I didn't dis... Well, I, well uh, when I was a kid, I didn't really like it, but I didn't think it was, like, bad. I just thought I just didn't connect with it. And um, I kind of... Uh, like you know i recognized what it was trying to be that it was genuinely trying to like tell a story it was just it just wasn't a story that i found interesting and you know part of that disconnect might have just come from the central the central you know idea um you know but but regardless of it i think uh, like what i and i and i think this would actually be a good way to transition into the um uh next period of pixar yeah uh, cars 2 uh i I have to be honest when i was a kid right I called that film before I even saw it. Right, um, right. I, I didn't like predict that it wouldn't be well received, but I didn't want to watch it. I was just sort of like, I didn't like the first one. So the fact that that ended up being Pixar's first critical dud was a surprise to me, yeah. but it was one that I kind of in some way predicted. Yeah, no. And you, you know, your spot on cars too is the lowest rated across all the Pixar films. And I think for me that's a fair assessment. I I didn't really dislike Cars One. You know, it's 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 okay. It's a good. It's a decent film, but you're right. Cars Two for me, um, and similarly to what you've just said, part of the reason the only Pixar film I haven't seen today, and that's purely for choice, is Cars Three because I really didn't enjoy Cars Two, and I just don't have a desire to watch Cars Three. Knowing, think in my head, I don't see what that film can give me. Um, that you know in in that car that cars free could give me so let's talk about this next time period then and then ian we can get your thoughts on cars too as well so we're looking at 2011 to 2015 which has cars to brave monsters university inside out and the good dinosaur um ian what are your thoughts on that time period cars to or, or otherwise um it's definitely a weaker period than the last one i think it's it's for me, um, you know, certainly it's a shorter period for one. So our first period is a lot longer. It's a lot more films in there and a lot bigger. Um, whereas this period is a lot shorter. And I think the quality of the films in this period are a lot more slipping. Um, I think you you start to see the trend of, I hate to say, perhaps this was a point where ideas lulled a bit because you see an increase in sequels, but you know, I think it's a period that definitely had, um, less like, I hate to say the like term of unique, but it definitely had less like innovative, um, uh, ideas, or at least if they were innovative, I don't think they really pushed the boundaries with it. And it kind of, yeah, it's kind of what Rob was mentioning at the beginning that perhaps they had an idea, but somebody in the writing team didn't like push it as much as they could. Um, but I, I, there's actually in this period, um, there's not actually a film on here, in my personal opinion, that's that high. In in my opinion, there's a lot that are just sixes out of ten. Um, and yeah, there's there's a it's hard for me to go which one's my actual favorite out of these ones. It's a, it, it's a very small bunch because we're looking at a very small bunch of films in a very tight year. 
uh, period. But it, it's hard to go like that's the one that stands out the most for me. Um, yeah, I think Brave is okay. <laughs> like it's it's fine. Um, one again, controversially, I'm going to be more controversial on this one. One that I didn't really enjoy was Inside Out. Again, it it's it's fine, okay. but it, it's one that I think it's the example I would give of having a good idea, but they didn't really push it as far as they could have. And I think when people when it came out, they kept saying how unique and innovative it was. But I remember there was a, a film Osmosis Jones, which was like very similar in terms of like people inside the heads and deciding decisions and it it felt very reminiscent of that and i think the way it it did emotion was like oh this is a unique idea they could run with this but then it just kind of didn't run with it as much as it could have so it ended up being quite middling so it's a it's a different it's a difficult period i think this one for pixar i think it's where they maybe middle a bit i think you're right robert what are your thoughts all right so um I, I so I would say it, it's weird because like that because that was the period of time where I kind of stopped watching them at least at the cinema. Um, the only one of those of those films that I saw at the cinema was uh, Brave. Um, so that's really the only one that I can like kind of comment on. Um, uh, Brave was very very disappointing. It wasn't like you know um, it wasn't the 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 kind the one that like you know you would look at and and you know, sort of deemed to be like a throwaway, a throwaway or anything. Cause it didn't, it, from the beginning, it sort of had this, had this really strong marketing. It had this really like, um, is it like seemingly interesting, like fairly new uh, concept, but of like, you know, of not just like the Scottish stuff, but also, you know, like being just an outright like fantasy adventure film. Um, but the problem is, is that when you watched it, it sort of felt like, uh, you were kind of oscillating between several films. Like, I think yeah, it's one yeah. of the ones that kind of suffers most from the, like, production issues because it starts out one way and then goes in a totally different direction and ends up kind of becoming something that just isn't that interesting, which no. is kind of sad because, like, it has, it does have a compelling, like, mother-daughter relationship at the centre that isn't done badly. And there is, there, there is one, like, really good scene and that's the bit where... um. Uh, where Merida and her mother are arguing, and then Merida, and then her mother just outright like takes the bow and just throws it into the fire, and then afterwards she looks at it and she's like, "What have I done?" You know, like that yeah. stuff. That stuff is really good. But then from that point onwards, it becomes it becomes kind of confused in terms of its genre and in terms of its storytelling. Like that's when you get the whole like you know like the mother turns into a bear and you know accidentally Merida has to like you know like reverse it and she's also fighting against this like you know like bear antagonist and you know it's it's kind of like it's just a film that just wasn't as good as it could have been and it had a lot but it did but you know it and which kind of makes it it, it's more respectable than a few of their other films but it's also more disappointing i feel yeah that's fair i think uh, i think you're right i think brave for me there's obviously some kind of um weird patriotism being scottish that you know i would I will, I will always have a place in my heart for that kind of film much like braveheart even though it's you know ridiculous Boo, no we won't get that one <laughs> <laughs> um but you're right i think i think brave starts one way as this different sort of celtic based adventure mm-hmm. that basically then starts to become a bit more painting by numbers that pixar do mm-hmm. and i don't and yes, there are some moments in there that do, you know, set it apart from other films, but they're 
quite few and far between and i don't and ultimately what i what you don't get is a film that really stands out in any way um mm. it's nice to see some scottish accents in animation that are actually ones i've heard before i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> looking at you mike myers um but um he's fine i'm joking um but um you know, it's it's not one of those films that, and like a lot of these films, I think the only film I saw at the cinema was Monsters University, and that just I it I think you mentioned it um, earlier, Ian. Maybe it's just um, and I, I maybe you didn't say this many words, but it's kind of maybe like a a, a franchise builder, a merchandise seller. You know, a cash grab, cash grab, and I think Cars Two is definitely the most guilty of that. I mean. Mm-hmm talk about easy to sell merchandise and mm-hmm. just they kept kept going with it but like i said i personally really enjoyed inside out um i thought it was um quite well done i wouldn't say i wouldn't put it up there and say my picks are favorites but i think out of these five it would definitely be the one that stands out in terms of quality mm. for me it definitely um, it's even for one that i've been critical of i guess in 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 my little uh speech <laughs> um it it's one that out of these five, it's definitely one of the better ones. But is the is when you see one like this, or even I think there's others in the, out of these five that people rate incredibly highly. I'm just like I don't think it's that good. Like it's it's fine, it's completely serviceable, but um, it doesn't. It just doesn't hit as high, does it? No, it doesn't. I think I think it really it, it, it hits some really high points, really mm. really good story points, and really mm. and I think. Um, it's it's a very like you said it's a very clever idea and it's a very unique idea, but it's not it's just not pushed to the nth degree enough for me no. to no, really I, I to agree. really go that is Pixar at its absolute yeah. best. I mean I don't know what you think, Robert, about Inside Out. So uh, well, um, I I have to very very heavily disagree with you guys. I um, I don't understand what you guys mean when you say that it didn't take the um the idea far enough because for me i think it has probably i I would say it has one of pixar's best stories um and i think it's probably just because it's the whole meta it's it's like obviously the entire thing is like even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. you know supposed to represent like a child's mind changing and adapting and growing but i thought that the way the way that they managed to like kind of take something so mental and translate it into a easily digestible story was brilliant you know and i thought it had great characters i thought that it had like had 
it like it had a lot of very powerful emotion to it but um it kind of it never got like too dark or anything it, it was always genuinely optimistic um it had a great protagonist in the form of uh, joy who is a really really three-dimensional fleshed out character um the, the same goes for sadness as well uh, the bing bong character really like actually bolsters the film in my mind mm-hmm. and yeah overall it, it just made for a film that i felt was up to their usual standards and was is is up there with one of their best you know in my opinion yeah that's that's a fair point and like like we said inside out is, i mean it's, it's easy to say in this selection of five that we have inside out is definitely the best ones of this i think i guess films just hit different people in different ways and you know yeah. I think it might be uh it's not a film I've revisited recently I must admit so maybe looking back now um you know slightly older and you know um I, I might see a different perspective on it but I think at the time it, I just didn't have yeah. that really. but that really, who knows what what you know it's like I say different films hit different people yeah it's it's i agree it's it's that for me it's like i can i can understand where you're coming from with it but for me it's just it didn't do anything for me that i found like i kept being told that it's really original and really unique and stuff but a lot of it i was like this idea of emotions being represented is something that you know sadness is just essentially um eeyore from uh winnie the pooh and like it it's for me it's like i love winnie the pooh as a kid so maybe it's that (laughs) something like that that idea of concepts of emotions is something that i felt has been represented in other things in a better way and it it just it didn't touch me as much as perhaps other ones of the um the i was about to say as much as toy story but other pixar films have but as as you're saying chris it's just different people get touched i guess by films in different ways and pixar films have that way of touching people like we were saying with up you know it, it has a way of perhaps changing as you you know change with them yeah and I, as you go up with it yeah i think and i think as well robert you've made some very very valid points and you are correct and maybe it's a film i personally would would like to revisit to maybe see like i said if i, if I see it in a different light um because like, like we said before pixar films are layered to the point where you watch them time and time again and there's something you can enjoy at, at various ages from them so maybe that's maybe that's what, something what i do like is none of us have talked about the good dinosaur well you can if you want you know, <laughs> no, no i just i don't think there's much to say to be honest <laughs> i mean it's it's okay as a film it's fine robert it's... any thoughts on the good dinosaur i haven't watched it okay uh it's it's fine like it it i actually was the only thing I'd say about the Good Dinosaur is it's disappointing after its marketing. Like when I first saw like the initial promo for it, where you see the dinosaurs look up and there's a meteor going across the sky, I was like, "Oh man, this looks amazing!" And then when I saw the 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 dinosaurs in their full like Pixar designs, I was like, "Oh, oh this is just going to be like very run of the mill." And it was. It was like incredibly tick box Pixar formula. Well. So Ian, would you would you think, and this is just something that's popped into my head, and mm-hmm. is Good Dinosaur perhaps, and Robert, a question for you as well, I guess, in general, is Good Dinosaur perhaps the film that's marketed at kids or aimed at kids or works for kids the most and doesn't work on? Because I feel like watching that mm. film, it's formulaic for a start, mm. I feel, and I don't feel there's a lot there. Uh, I actually rewatched it this week, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't a lot there for me now as opposed mm. to even then. So what do you think on that? 
Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, like looking through that catalogue, even through the five that we've discussed now, and I know we've been, I know Cars 2 has probably, it, it, we've mentioned it as the lowest score. But I still think, even though I dislike Cars, like I, I would personally rate them quite low. I think The Good Dinosaur is, I think I perhaps don't rate it as low because it is just meant for kids that one like it is if you're if you're watching that and you're gonna like go ah, oh, you know the character development was poor and i'm gonna slate this and try and compare it to say the incredibles or up or any of the ones we've mentioned in that golden period it's gonna be very hard because it's not it doesn't feel the same either it feels like it's very much aimed for kids right okay that's yeah that that i agree i think um robert is there any film for you in the pixar canon that maybe doesn't work on all levels like obviously we've seen the good dinosaur and that's our opinion but do you think if there's a film for you that doesn't work for all age groups oh um hmm i i i don't know. i mean i i wouldn't i i i i wouldn't um i i i think even the lesser ones at least have like um something about them that like an adult could in some way analyze and find something interesting in. So I wouldn't really say that any of them are like unsuitable for adults, you know? Um, I mean, obviously there are ones that like adults might get a bit more out of, but at the same time though, you know, I don't think that that lessens their quality as films. If anything, I think that that makes them better, you know? Um, And I think, but but so 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 one so one aspect I do to 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 also kind of bring it onto like their more recent films like one aspect in terms of like I guess I guess you could call this like target audience um one problem that I've been noticing in a few of them is that they haven't really been managing like the humor as well as they did in the in their right. earlier films mm-hmm. and I think I don't know if that comes from wanting to target it more at kids or entertain kids more. But there are a few of them where I think where the humor actually becomes a bit of a problem, where right, the humor right. comes from these like kind of comic relief characters that are being inserted into the film, and they don't really add that much to the film's actual like substance. Uh, they might be necessary for like a story purpose every now and then, but they but they don't really add anything to the film. Like I can actually name quite a few examples from recent yeah, ones. Um, so to give you an example, so like in like Finding Dory, right? Uh, the 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 two seals. Uh, I don't remember them actually yeah, doing yeah. anything that important, and they the film I remember just kind of stopped in a few instances, just so therefore they could bring forth humor, yeah, you know, like yeah, forth okay. jokes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the like what the one that really annoyed me was in a uh, Coco that that dog, that dog. I right, I, I found that right. dog insufferable. I didn't find him funny at all, and I thought he was just a dead weight on the film. And even even in like Toy Story Four, which did like you know, which did you know the Duke Kaboom character and other stuff, you know, did 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 in some ways try and like tie it more into the story. It still kind of felt like the humor was kind of getting in the way, and it wasn't really like it wasn't natural to me. It didn't feel it didn't really function naturally as part of the story. It just sort of felt like we need to write jokes. Fair. That's interesting, and you know, let's 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 move into the 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 later films and sort of the last period of the time we're going to look at here. So from twenty sixteen, all the way up to twenty twenty, uh, as of films that have been released, we've got Finding Dory, Cars Free, Coco, Incredibles Two, Toy Story Four, Onward, and Soul. 
Um, Ian, what do you think about what Robert just said? And do you agree? Do you have a different opinion? Um, yes and no. Like I, I, I think you definitely are right with those seals. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with those seals. Um, I didn't mind Duke Kaboom in uh, uh, Toy Story Four, but as I read. mentioned before, yeah, I, 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 I really like Toy Story Four. So I, I, I yeah, I, I didn't really feel that with Duke Kaboom, but I definitely see what you you're coming at with there. I, 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 I don't think he's a good example, actually. I, I think like 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 probably the the the, the two the two bunnies, the 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 um uh, the two toys. Wait, 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 actually, what wasn't one of them called Ducky and another one was called Bunny? I think yeah, uh, the the the, 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 the and Kick Michael Key like voice yeah, roles. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, and 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 they did have funny moments. It's not like I didn't laugh when they were on the screen. It's just sort of like they, they they didn't have much of a purpose in the actual like narrative, or and they didn't add that much to the themes either. They just sort of felt like funny characters, you know. Yeah. Would you would you say that's a case of because obviously you're looking at those characters. Uh, Key and Peel, and then you've got um, like Savitra Silva as one of the seals. Is that a case of just their the characters? I agree, the seals don't work. They're there to serve a, a gag that you know quickly runs its course for me in Finding Dory. But is that a case of just these? We've got some voice people to do these voices and be in these films, and the characters are just sort of written as an afterthought. The voices, and that might just be me being cynical, but I don't know what your thoughts are on that, uh, Robert or Ian, whoever wants mm. to jump in. Why? Why? Well, I, 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 I would say it's, it's, it's more just what I said, you know, yeah, like, like, or just like, like comedy characters, you know. Yeah, yeah. they are to serve a, a specific gag or a moment, and then not really contribute much more to the film. I think, anyway. Um, um, I guess what I was saying before, though, was that the I think with I, I actually don't think that with Jordan Peele, um, their characters, um, um. I don't think that with them either in the, in Toy Story Four. I definitely see it with more of their films more recently. Um, perhaps because they're trying to market for that younger audience. Um, I didn't find the dog as insufferable in Coco as well. Um, but I do I do see that point that perhaps you know they're trying to you know force in the sort of name characters in it you know Idris Elba definitely is somebody that you put on a on a poster people are going to be like oh Idris Elba's in it and his his character in it is kind of superfluous which is a shame because you know you could have done something really great with him in it right you know and yeah so I definitely see that that point completely I would say though this period though for me is uh is uh, we called it in the 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 run of it a renaissance of films I actually prefer a lot of the films that are coming out in this period than say the one that we just looked at yeah and and it has more ups and downs like than say the golden period it has like a rocky sort of like trajectory but certainly there is like films of like higher quality in this one i know i mentioned toy story 4 quite a lot earlier on but um you know soul is one that i really massively enjoyed like i thought that film was like fantastic and it really unlike the other ones where you have this sort of like grand adventure um it it has a grand adventure but with very simple themes of like this person being a very simple life leading a very simple life and being too obsessive over their goals and just learning to enjoy the here and now i thought that was a really great moral of it um but yeah no i i think this period is perhaps a a more positive one than the previous robert would you agree with that that this is this is a sort of renaissance i guess for pixar 
Oh, I, no, I, I, I would not use that word. But I, I, I mean, I, I'd say it's more in the middle. Um, in the, it's not great, but it's not like terrible either. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the one that kind of caused me to have that like shift in perspective and i think the reason why that is is it was seeing i think it was kind of seeing the sequels and seeing how like there was a lot of them that were that like there were a lot of like really good parts of them like to give you an example in the finding dory i I think if you just like simplified finding dory down to just a lot of the stuff with dory uh and her finding her parents and she removed a lot of the a to b stuff and the stuff with like you know like marlin and nemo it, it would be it would it probably make for a really great like short film or it would make for a great like you know mm. i don't know like 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 uh uh dvd extra or whatever you know but like but when you expand it to feature length and you add in a lot of stuff that um just didn't click with me personally it then kind of makes it more annoying because you think to yourself like wow there's a lot of good stuff but there's also a lot of stuff that's just sort of like um that feels kind of like filler and i felt and i didn't feel the same way about uh incredibles 2 um but i did kind of have a similar like feeling towards that film because i felt that the choice just to like pick it up right where the first one left off um although it, it, it did make for an interesting like story but it also to me felt like an extended epilogue to the mm. first one mm-hmm. i made it feel a lot more minor mm. whereas i feel like if they had like skipped ahead and and maybe even done the same story that they did but just like skipped ahead like a year or so mm. then that would have failed made it feel more like a a continue an, another like a continuation of it rather than just like a postscript I, I agree with you with that. I think I think Incredibles two is one that I, with with listening to what you're saying, I agree with you a lot with the sequel sort of thing. Uh, when you look in that that period, and Incredibles two is one that I just kind of was like, I didn't feel this was necessary. Like if you were gonna do it, Incredibles two, I would have actually even not a year. I would have done maybe ten or fifteen years ahead to see how all of them have grown up and changed. And I think you could have had you could have done something really interesting with it and had maybe one of their kids turn out to be a villain or something like that. And it's gone in that direction. I think you could have done something very unique with a, a, a incredible sequel, but I completely agree that it just feels like an extended epilogue of the original film. It feels kind of oddly out of place. And um, yeah, no, I, I just think perhaps in this period, the more original ideas and by original, I don't mean like, Oh, they're completely unique, but the the non-sequel ones are the ones that stand out more like i I think onward coco and and soul actually stand out as really solid films okay that's 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 interesting so obviously you both you both stated there earlier that was incredibles was one of your favorites of that time period um but incredibles 2 maybe doesn't um doesn't live up on par as a sequel um is there a film so what film on this in this time period then would be the standout for you obviously you've mentioned coco onward and soul ian is there one specific one that you pick uh i would i would pick soul i think of those ones it may be the time i watched it and you know with what we were mentioning before that you have a personal reaction to a film and uh, in the time I was watching it, you know, it, it stood out quite a lot for me. Um, it, you know, not to, you know, pull on the heartstrings of people listening, but, you know, th- it came out 
Christmas where, you know, it, our Christmas is, I'm not sure about your own, but mine wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. And um, when Soul came out and I watched it, it, it just very much was quite an uplifting film. And it had a really like great ending that made me feel very like um, all warm inside, you know, it made me feel nice that there was this release of a film that was very like uplifting rather than being quite dour and quite sad and i think it just had this very uplifting message at the end of enjoying the here and now and enjoying the moment so i think for for me soul is really stand out for me and as i say it may be due to the bias of watching it when you do but that's that's films all the time isn't it you watch a film in that mindset when you see it Um, but yeah for me soul is definitely probably the standout of this whole period yeah, I guess it's like we said earlier. Certain films will hit you at certain times, and they'll and they'll mean different certain things to certain people. So you know, if you watch a film like Soul in the circumstances you said, then yeah, I I agree. I think Soul is a very um a, ve- a very good film, very accomplished film, um, beautiful to look at. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed Soul. Uh, Robert, what about you? Any film from here that you would particularly want to shout out about? Oh, um. Uh, well, I, I, I kind of already, I mean, I, well, I'll, I'll say this about Incredibles too. I do think that like, I do think that as a film, it's, it's good. You know, I, I, I don't think it like, it's necessarily like a big, I mean, it's not, it's not as good as the first, but I don't think it's necessarily like a big step down in quality. I just feel like, you know, that choice kind of has an effect on the entire film. Um, you know, there are plenty of good aspects about it. Um, this, the, I, I would say the same goes for, you know, stuff like Toy Story 4. I, th- I think Toy Story 4 maybe was the one that managed to, like, most recapture the magic of the prior films that it was a sequel to. And it felt the most, like, kind of necessary. Whereas I feel like you could kind of take or leave Finding Nemo in Incredibles 2. Because, um, again, they do feel more like, you know, postscripts being like, okay, well, now that this story is over with, let's explore this one element that we kind of didn't like quite tie up or go into detail on or as Toy Story 4 kind of more feels like you know that like this is a part of the story and this is you know the ending of the story like it also it did also feel kind of like an epilogue in, in many ways but it felt like like kind of a necessary one in my opinion and also yeah. in your opinion as well um and so yeah I yeah it's, it's weird I mean and and Coco I remember I remember not loving Coco. I remember kind of, I remember really liking the third act of that film, but I remember throughout the first two acts just being very, very unengaged in it. Mm. Um, but intre- but interestingly enough, um, a part of me does wonder if that feel, if part of the reason why that film, and to, to tie it into a bit of real life, real life history, uh, part of the reason why that film was effective for a lot of people was because of the period that it came out in, mm. because yeah, you know, and and obviously there are plenty of reasons why people liked it. So I'm not pinning it just on this, but this is but this is one element that I kind of noticed when it was pointed out to me that it base it came out like two days after John Lasseter got fired from Pixar or after mm. he took the leave mm. um, for being like a sexual predator or something, and and that it came out and. Coco also came out during the entire Me Too movement as well. And that stuff, when you take that stuff and you look at the storyline with Miguel and him looking up to Ernesto de la Cruz and then, you know, which is, this is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, finding out that in reality, he just basically stole from the person who had all this talent and 
basically made yeah, had an entire successful career that wasn't even his and turned out to be also a murderer as well in the process. I feel like that meta aspect is part of what made that twist so effective for a lot of people. And for me, I remember thinking to myself, oh, obviously there's going to be a twist with Ernesto. But when I actually finally, when I watched it and I saw that twist play out, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is very, very effective. I actually really like this, you know. And that kind of took me around. And, you know, and it, and it made me, again, it made me, I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that was the reaction that a lot of people had, but that was something that I kind of noticed. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very interesting saying, yes, you're right. It, that was a, it was a, a, a turbulent time for Pixar, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And I think um, any film coming out from any studio under those circumstances is going to suffer. And I think mm-hmm. for me, watching Coco the first time round, it didn't hit me straight away. And I guess, again, we're going back to that right time a right place right time kind of moment having revisited it i think maybe last year or the year, uh, year before i and all that all of that kind of stuff had fallen away a little bit um i could see it for what it was a little bit more um i think visually it's one of the most um beautiful looking films i think the colors and the animation and everything they do and that's great um i would say uh as well for me in this time period I really enjoyed Onward. I only watched it for the first time this week, um, uh, but I really got a lot of it. As someone who, for example, plays a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, all the references were there for me, and I really enjoyed all that kind of side to it. But and to also be on a try not to be on too personal note, but uh, as someone who uh, lives um, away from their family and their parents. Uh, having that story of only getting to spend so much time with loved ones mm. and that kind of thing really resonated with me mm-hmm. um, to the point where my wife came into the room and I was like, no, you're crying. And, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, you know, I don't I get, feel you. I, I feel you. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but you know, I, the, that, that whole relationship there, and it's not even mm. just the relationship between him and his father, but the relationship between, barley and ian is a really good one as well basically mm. barley is giving ian such self-belief and you know he's constant positive motivator for ian i just think it's a really nice film to mm. enjoy um but i also really enjoyed soul and i think that was just i think that was a really good idea like I say it's not obviously a completely unique idea but i think it's a very creative way of telling a story mm. and i agree completely um so We've looked at all the films that have come in the Pixar canon so far. Um, coming up next, the 24th film to be released by Pixar is Luca, coming out, uh, I think, well, when this podcast goes out, it'll be tomorrow. How do we feel about the future of Pixar? Are we looking forward to Luca and some of the other films that are coming out? Um, just looking at their list now, you've got uh, Turning Red and Lightyear, which will be a Toy Story-related uh Maybe how do we feel spin about off. Uh, spin-off? Yes. Uh, how do we feel about those films and Pixar in the future? Yeah, I mean, it, it okay. Luca looks very good, um, and I'm interested by it. I think what I would say is I'm more interested in seeing more unique ideas and things like Soul, Onward, Coco, and I hope they distance themselves perhaps from sequels now. Um, I know Lightyear is a spin-off, so it kind of falls in that. But if it's done well, then, you know, obviously that shuts me up. But 
I think I'd rather see uniquer ideas and more like things away from the sequel pattern that they perhaps got into during that middling period. Um, that that's what I would hope, and just run with perhaps more unique things and and new ideas, I guess. Yeah. So 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 what I would say is, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I I, I like I do like the looks of Luca, particularly like the like just just the general concept of it, oh, yeah. And yeah. combining that with like you know like like the whole sea monster aspect with also this personal like you know story set in Italy with these like mm. two boys who are friends or these two sea monster boys who are best friends. You know that 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 that, that does look like has the potential to be quite good, but. Yeah. The thing, and but there's a part of me that wonders if it will just be kind of minor, and you know, even if it is, um, part of me is wondering, you know, like, is that going to be a problem for me or not? But, um, you know, I mean, what, but what, I mean, one thing that I do feel could probably take away from the whole, like, you know, uh, I guess I, I wouldn't say like studio enforced nature, but I would, I, I would kind of say like away from that whole, like oh, we can just throw this out there and people will like it, um, is if you get people who kind of have a very, very, like, personal um, inspiration and attachment to the story that they are telling. Mm. Like, I feel like that's kind of actually been sort of an underrated aspect of a lot of Pixar films is that they all kind of come from, well, not all of them, but a lot of them come from personal places, you know, particularly like Pete Doctor's films, like almost all of them have had some sort of personal inspiration based on his own life and his own emotions. Um, and that's part, and that's partially what made them really, really good. And, he, and even some other ones, you know, like, uh, like how, um, what is it? Oh, 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 oh yeah. Like, like, like how, like how the, how the director of like Onward, like for him, that was a personal story as well. Yeah. So it's interesting that you had that personal connect- connection, Chris. Um, so, so Luca, Luca looks like another one of those. Yeah, and exactly. on that level, it will probably have part to it. Um, I just kind of feel like, again, a part of me does wonder, like, you know, are any, are any of these directors going to try and make a great film or are they just going to be content to make one that's as good as they can make it, you know? But, you know, but, 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 but we'll see how it turns out. You know, I'm, I'm optimistic that none of them will be, like, bad or anything. No, I'm I'm the same. I'm I'm optimistic. I like the look of Luca. I think you're right. I think the films that have and it's clear for me that the films that resonate with me and perhaps with people the most are the ones that the filmmakers do have a personal connection and Luca is one of those where the director Enrico Casarosa, this is about his childhood and his friendships. And I feel like you're right. That's that's only it can only be a good thing in driving a heartfelt story that hopefully will see we'll go the distance in terms of a film so i guess we'll see um but in terms of other films that were coming up we've got obviously the likes of Lightyear. i already mentioned that if they made a toy story 5 i would watch it but you know and i and i will watch Lightyear, and i'll probably um would watch almost anything pixar would put out is mm. that how we feel in general are we when, are we yeah are we pixar yeah, I mean, fans they... through through yeah, I mean, you know, even with a film like Toy Story 3, which I mentioned before as one that I thought was weaker, controversially, but I think that also is because that year I saw another animated film, I Lost My Body, which I thought was like one of the best films I'd seen in animation and totally recommend it. And it should have won the Oscar, I'm just saying. But that that film was great. I think even that is a film that I'm like, oh, you know, it's worth watching. I don't think any of their films, barring Cars, uh, are films that I'm like you know, these are completely throw away and don't watch them and they're terrible or anything. It's just 
perhaps those ones that have come out in that middling period don't hit the highs of ones that I loved so much. But I think all of them I'm going to go see, like even if they do announce, say, an Incredibles 3, which The Incredibles is so like high in my like ones that I love, I'm still going to go see it because, you know, they have, even if they have had some, I hate to use the term misses because I know it's not one that's 100% accurate, but even if they have ones that I don't enjoy as much, they still have the quality that they can output something that's incredibly high quality. And I do think we're going to see that in the future as well. That's fair enough. Um, Robert, is that who you feel or are you on more on a case-by-case basis? Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of on a case-by-case basis, but, you know, I would... I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I don't know. If there's one that looked really, really uninteresting to me, then I probably wouldn't watch it. But mm. I think if, if it looked... If it at least looked interesting and as well as good, then, then, then yeah, definitely watch it. I also put my hands up and admit that I'm kind of like a animation uh obsessive like i watch so much animation so like uh, i watch so much so probably pixar ones will be in there just because i watch so many other ones <laughs> yeah um so i guess the last point on the future would be if there was a, a film or a, if maybe it doesn't have a sequel yet or has had a sequel that you'd like to see pixar revisit a world you'd like to revisit is there one that stands out that you think they should make another mm. one of those or is it or would you rather just see more original properties coming out? I mean, I think we all would. But if there was a film that you perhaps wanted them to expand on, what would that be, uh, Ian? Um, <laughs> I. It's difficult, you know, because like the their catalog, like Ratatouille's one that I've mentioned that stands out. But I'm not sure that film, you know, ha- needs to have a sequel. I guess we've like. Wally, you know, it'd be interesting maybe to see what happened to Wally. But then again, I don't need that either. I don't really need to see how people are in that world. I'm kind of happy leaving it the way it is. One that I guess I would do, uh, and it's kind of like I kind of mentioned it a second ago that I would go and watch it, even though it's so high in regard. If they had to revisit, because I would prefer to see original properties, but if they had to revisit, I think doing an Incredibles film 10 years or 15 years down the line which is what I originally wanted a sequel to be, would be really interesting. Because as I mentioned before, I think The Incredibles is probably the best Fantastic Four film made. And I think you there's such an interesting family dynamic that you can explore there that you've had, you can see has been explored in comic book literature, even though Incredibles isn't a Fantastic Four, but mm-hmm. he, there's that mm-hmm. you can get inspired by that very easily. I think you can go 10 to 15 years and, because we've got such a aesthetic, it'd be so interesting to move that aesthetic into a different decade and explore that with them. You could even have Jack Jack perhaps becoming a more villainous character, or you could explore it in a completely different way. You don't have to do that, but it was just an idea that came to me that I was like, it'd be interesting if you know one of their kids has gone rogue a bit, and that's what they're having to deal with, whilst another villain is perhaps influencing them. You know, it, it's it's something that I think that universe because I love superheroes could be easily explored. But again, it's not something I necessarily need. It's just, I would have wanted that sequel to be like that anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Robert, how do you feel? Do you feel they're better left alone or is there something you'd like to see revisited? Maybe 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I personally would not want them to, I like, I like, obviously they're, 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 they're still going to do sequels. I'm yeah, sure they will yeah. just, but personally speaking, if they went the rest of, their lifespan without doing any then i would be perfectly fine with that yeah, yeah but in, t- in terms of actually in terms of original ones that i want to see 
I mean, I, so I'd want to see ones that, like, really, really, really heavily divulge from, like, certain tropes that they do often. Um, I, I'd, pr- I'd probably want to see ones that, like, are, like, have really, really, like, unique um, settings. They, ju- they just take a random setting and just, like, tell a really interesting story as a part of it. Like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, seeing, like, a pixar film that would be set in uh the 1950s in i don't know um canada or something like that just it just it just 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 randomly off the top of my head like canada or 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 even britain or something over here that 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 would be really interesting one uh one that would explore really interesting like social themes as well uh uh like maybe even like a pixar high school film like one that's just set in high school oh, that'd be interesting, and yeah. one that mm. kind of just is and one that like you know like creates a set of really interesting teenage characters that we could kind of follow and you know one that like and and, and one that like is a bit more grounded but you know could it include some fantasy elements if they want to include them like recently i've noticed that like a lot of them have kind of been uh like you have real element you have the real world on the one hand and you have the fantasy aspect on the other which i think is part of their formula but it would be interesting to see them purely go one way or the other um you know i would i would even i've and and this probably won't happen whilst like other countries continue to be homophobic but i'd love to see maybe a pixar film centered on like you know an lgbt couple Mm -hmm. yeah you know like an lgbt love story just just openly so with two main characters you know that doesn't Mm -hmm. like hide it at all um you know just yeah yeah so there's a whole bunch of like unique things that they could do really yeah there's there's also like great ideas and i think you're right the the representation is something i think pixar really needs to start picking up on uh, yeah and they have been but yeah the bigger but they could but, be much but, better obviously I mean, there's there's never you never do enough on that front um and but yeah you're right they are doing some but you could be doing better and you're absolutely right those are all some really great ideas i actually thought um the the sequel to perhaps Inside Out would be Riley at high school because in mo- that's when you're because obviously they've got that um, puberty button in the console and that's when yeah. emotions are running high and all over the place and mm. I thought that would be not that I necessarily want to see it but I was I would that's when I thought if they made a sequel to Inside Out that's maybe where they'd go to because mm-hmm. that would be the most um, frantic time for the emotions inside to be trying to keep order i guess perhaps um but i i i want to see original films i want to see original ideas you know but uh and not to be cynical we do live in a world or a time when the sequel the reboot the remake is you know prevalent but yeah the franchise film yeah but it's nice to see that pixar do try and do some things and like onward and coco and still trying to push the envelope luca as well and perhaps you know we'll get some 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 real gems still to come. Um, so we're nearly out of time, guys. I just want to leave you with uh, two questions. One is, I think you've already answered it um, potentially, but what is the best Pixar film? Yeah, objectively or my own opinion? Both. Um, ooh, difficult. I think my own opinion is clearly Incredibles. Objectively. I don't know, there's so many different factors to that, like the best looking one, the best story and all of those things combined. Um, 
Uh, Finding Nemo is really high up there for me as well. I think it just looks amazing. Like the water effects are just unbelievable. Like it, they're so good. Um, yeah, you know, I'm gonna lock in The Incredibles. That's the greatest one of all time. <laughs> it's it's up there with Shark's Tale. There we go. It's on, it's on record now. Robert, how do you? What do you think? Uh, I would say, um, so 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 for me personally, I think it, I think it's probably a tie between Up and Inside Out that I would call their best. Um, in terms of a favorite, uh, probably the first Toy Story. Yeah, that's and, and that and that was upon a, re- a rewatch. Great choice. Well. It's a good choice. It's a, it's a great choice. My my partner, that is actually her number one film of all time. Like she loves that mm-hmm. film, so it's a great that's choice. Good. There's very few people yeah. I think would would look look at that choice and go, no, there's there's a it's, yeah. It's a <laughs> I mean, it's it's not not that it's a safe choice, but it's it is a film that absolutely stands up and as a as a yeah. choice. You're like, yeah, fair, okay. Move on. Me, um, I would say that Wally is my favorite, as I mentioned yeah. before. I just think the story really gets me, the emotion, mm. everything, the the risks it takes, as Robert said earlier. Uh, objectively, I, I might go finding Nemo. I think te- mm. from a technical sp- standpoint, someone who loves the water and the ocean and swimming and all those things, I just I look at it, I just think, oh, it's so gorgeous. Even now, God knows how yeah. many years it's been. It's also emotionally punches you, you know, like that bit. Where, oh yeah, yeah. When they're um, swimming down in the net, Jesus, that's a that really does hit you. Yeah, it does absolutely. Um, so my final question, which is maybe a bit harder, perhaps, is who is the best Pixar character? Ian. <sighs> Why did you come to me first? Um, <laughs> it's going to be Woody. Like that has to be the best one, right? Because like I love Mister Incredible, but like. You know, he's he's a really interesting character. I love Elastigirl. Um, I, I think there's so many characters that are great. But I think it has to be Woody. I think his journey, as we mentioned before, throughout all four films, even if three is a little bit weaker for me, it's still a good film. But the uh, throughout his story arc is great. And like he has such character development. And he's probably their most human character that's solidly fleshed out and has such like an emotional depth and his end like really hit me like his story end i guess if it is his end is just like really emotional and and i was like god that that really closed a chapter fantastically so i think I'm going to go with Woody. Um, I think that's a strong choice. Also, it's Tom Hanks. Who doesn't love Tom Hanks? I mean, this is true. Uh, this is true. Uh, Robert, favorite character, if you have one? Ooh, uh, so, I, so I would probably say, I, I, I would maybe say, if, if not the favorite, then at least like in the top three, uh, Joy uh, from Inside Out, uh, I think is probably, is, yeah, I, I would say if you're just looking at like a single a single film character journey. I think she had one of the best or, or, or maybe even the best uh, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, but I would say almost all of the picks, like most of the Pixar protagonists are really, really good, or at least like the ones that stand out are really, really great characters. Um, yeah. 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 I would try. That's, that's what I'd say. Solid choice. Um, solid choice again. Uh, for me, I'm going to go back to Wally because I just mm. love that little robot so much. He, <laughs> all he wants to do is hold Eve's hand, and that's all he all he wants to do. And he ends up saving the planet in the process. And I just think he's, I just think he's great uh, for a character that says one word essentially, or two words. I think throughout the whole film. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for me. Um, do you guys have any any last thoughts on Pixar before we wrap up, Ian? 
No, no, just um, you know, I'm I am intrigued to see where they go in the future. And uh, yeah, no, I I uh, I think we've broken down their films very well. I think um, that's that's my basic thoughts for them. Fair enough, Robert. Anything else to add before we sign off? No. Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. This has been the UK Film Review Podcast. Um, I've been your host, Chris Buick. Uh, Please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And we will see you next time. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.